this week is is common ground. And those of you that do go, you know, it's it's a good opportunity to fellowship with people. That's why we do it. We don't just do it to fill up a Wednesday night. We do it because we meet in a home. It's a home setting. It's very informal. We give people time to share. And, and if you do share, can I give you some advice? Don't go on and on and on. Give other people time to share. And I say that because... This Wednesday night, when you go, you're going to review some things. But then I've asked you, I'm asking you, and and the leaders will ask of you, to think of some way that God was good to you. And you can think about something that happened, you know, years ago, months ago, weeks ago, maybe something that happened that week or the day. But think of something specifically how God's goodness was manifested in your life. Do you think you could do that? So I'm, I'm giving you time, and sometimes when you go to a home, you know, home fellowship or common ground, you know, you're on the spot. But I'm giving you a forewarning to, to think about it, meditate on it. I could think of many things how God was good to me even this week. God good to you this week? Amen. Now we're going to start this series... We'll be on this series a while. How could you exhaust God's goodness? You can't. And I think too many of us, or look, we look at negative things. We look at all the bad things that are going on in the world right now. The upcoming election and all the turmoil and all the things that, you know, the, the violence in the streets, all these bad things. I want you in the, in the weeks ahead to start really every day you wake up, think about the goodness of God. And I believe if you'll start to do that, you're going to develop a different attitude and a different mindset. Because as we were, I was talking with, with uh, Timothy in the bathroom, you know, God is moving, even with all that's going on right now in the world, God is still manifesting his goodness. Amen. That's a good point to say amen. And so think about that. Meditate on that. Will you do that? Now, Pastor Hank, at the first of the year, I always like to read prophetic utterances that come forth by a true prophet. So I look at I look at Barclay and I look at Pastor Hank, and there's similarities, similarities, but sometimes there's some differences. But I I wrote this down, and and as I was studying on the subject of goodness a week ago, I, I remembered this. So I, I dug it out. And this is what Pastor Hank said at the beginning of this year. Let it be known though, that those who decree, everyone say decree, speak, and look. He said, let it be known that those who decree, speak, and look for my goodness will live swimming in my in my rivers of blessings and increase you will not be touched you will not be moved from your place 
I'm crowning you with my goodness and shutting you in and lifting you up. Marry that again. Let it be known that those who decree, speak, and look for my goodness will live swimming in my rivers of blessings and increase. Well, I don't know how to swim. Well, then guess what? You'll drown in his blessings. What a way to go. You will not be touched. You will not be moved from your place. I'm crowning you with my goodness and shutting you in and lifting you up. Oh, pastor, but you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know how many things I've dealt with. Bad things. Well, I'm just telling you what the Spirit of God is saying. Now look at Psalm 65. This is our text. I'd learned this one. Psalm 65. You know, those of you going to common ground, I wouldn't forget what I just told you just a little bit ago. That's, that, that's number one. Say decree. Speak. Look. Psalm 65, verse 11. You crowned the year with your what? Goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. That's that you could take some time and explore that and look that all up in the Hebrew and get different translations. But I I I, I like this one in, in the New King James. You crown the year with your goodness. Crown the year with your goodness. Well, how are you going to spend the rest of your year? Crown with goodness. There's one person awake. Shall I draw a picture, Kenny, of a crown? God is crowning the year with his goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. Well, I like that scripture. That's my God. That's who I serve. He's a covenant-keeping God. Now, we're going to look at this. We're going to define goodness. We're kind of going to look at that today. And then we're going to see how it's manifested. And then we're going to, number three, in the weeks ahead, see what your attitude should be towards the goodness of God. We'll look on how your, what's your responsibility, your spiritual responsibility if you want to experience the goodness of God. Now, you look in the Hebrew for goodness. It means this. There's a lot of adjectives, a lot of, just, just listen. It means to be well. That's good. It means fair, pleasing, to act well. Now, look at this one. Uh, this is, I like this definition in the Hebrew for, for goodness, the goodness of God. It means to do good to others. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing, doing good. So it means to do good to others. It means to be virtuous, upright, to be kind, to be pleasant, to be sweet, to be happy. God's a, 
You know, God's not a mean God. He's a loving God. We sang about it today. He's a compassionate God. I, you know, I don't know about you, but my Jesus has a sense of humor. <laughs> right? He made us. He created us, did he not? And we're all distinct personalities. We're all different. But he he has a sense of humor. I believe when Jesus walked the earth, he smiled. He laughed. He had those disciples he had to laugh. He had a good time. He went to parties. Oh, just with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. No, he went to the taverns. He hung out with the sinners, the tax collectors. I've told you before, if you don't have any friends that are sinners, I'm ashamed of you. I'm disappointed in you. God loves sinners. Say that. God loves sinners. And there are too many stuffy, legalistic, religious people that can't associate with sinners. And I have no respect for those people that call themselves Christians that can't rub shoulders with people that don't know Jesus Christ. Well, I'm afraid, Pastor, if I get around those sinners, I'll start acting like them, talking like them, and well, I'll just throw caution to the wind. If you start talking like them and acting like them, then repent and get right again. I can't, I can't fathom church denominations that won't allow people in if their hair is too long. Their skirt's not right. Or what? Where do they get that? Jesus Christ died on a cross for sinners. And you were one. I was one. And I still sin, but he forgives me. So don't get so righteous. I'm too holy to to do that. I get very angry with Christians and ministers that can't reach out to a sinner. And I'm proud to say I've got a lot of good friends that don't know Jesus. And they can cuss and they can do this and they that made a difference to me. I still love them. And we need to love them into the kingdom. But if you're going to put your nose in the air and think that you're better than them, shame on you! I think pastor loves sinners. That's right. And so does my creator. So does my heavenly father. 
Goodness is the opposite of sorrow or evil. You go to common ground, what's the definition for goodness? It's the opposite of sorrow or evil. Here's one I found. This is kind of a oh, theologian wrote this, and this was his definition of goodness, and it's good. Goodness is the eternal principle of God's nature, which leads him to communicate to those who are like him in moral character. And I want you, I want you to remember this. Goodness is the nature of God. It's who God is. God is good, and his love, his mercy endures forever. That's what makes God God. He's good. And if you're a born-again believer and you love Jesus Christ and he's your Lord and Savior, you're born of his spirit, and his nature is in you. That goodness, the fruit of the spirit, we'll get into that. That's, That's you. It's in there. Is it in you? It's in me. Amen. God's good. Yesterday we we did the flea market out at the Pilgrim Rest Stop, and we all got junk to get rid of. Well, they don't like my preaching. They're leaving. Yes, you may go to the restroom, but come back. We're out at the restroom. We were out at the, (laughs) where were we? We were out at Pilgrim doing the flea market. And I love people. I love to watch people. And there's all kinds of people. And you deal with people. And we had one person. We were, God was good because he put us right by a tree line, which kept the wind from hitting us. And we prayed because we wanted a good spot. See how good God is? But we also didn't pray enough because there was an old boy next door with his little booth. And I kept smelling something. And it was drifting right into our, and people in our in our little area were going, what's that smell? And Caleb, it wasn't pot, no. Caleb, Caleb says, well, Dad, they're grilling right. I said, no, they're not grilling. So I walked out to see if there's somebody smoking something or whatever. That didn't sound right. Somebody smoking meat or something. It smelled really, it smelled good. I couldn't find it, so I came back, and Caleb says, look, Dad, <clears throat> and right there on the other side of the peony bushes was some guy with the grill with some big old honking brats on there. And so I, I just, just, I'm just who I am, and I love all kinds of people, but I just politely went over there and said, I know your smoke is drifting right into our booth, and our customers don't like it. Would you please move your grill? Guess what? He did. He didn't get mad and throw a broad at me. But God is good. And so we had people, and I, I loved the kids. And we had, a, we had a little girl that, oh, she was cute. I suppose she was about 10, 11, 12, 12 braces on her teeth. Just, oh, I wanted girls. When I looked at little girls, I don't want it. I told Caleb and Kaylee, give me one of those girls. I don't want a girl. And she was had her billfold, and she's by herself. I thought that was odd. Just 
I says, what can I sell you? Well, I don't have enough money. Pretty soon she drags dad because dad always has money. And she wanted this chair and this chair and that chair. And I, of course, she melted my heart. You know, all she had to do was smile at me. And I gave her a really good deal. And they shut me off because one of those chairs I wasn't supposed to sell. But we got done and we were getting ready to pack up. And this little boy comes up. And I'd, I'd been dumpster diving this week, literally, pulling stuff out. And there was an airplane trophy. And this little boy comes up and grabs that airplane trophy. Dad, can I buy this? Can we buy this? And I, had, I think I had $10 on it. And his dad said, what do you need that for? You know, And I just looked at the trophy, picked it up, tore the tag off, and said, here you go. Have a trophy. That's the goodness of God. Don't have to buy anything. It's free. Take it, son. And he was just beaming, walking away with that little trophy. That's our, that's, what is that? That's the name. Well, I'm not like that. Well, then see me afterwards. We'll get you born again. So the nature of God can come in you. What? It's dumpster. You know what? what is good? Because something else I pulled out of that dumpster I made $20 on. See, Jesus is in me, and he's Jewish. And the Jewish people know how to buy and sell. I told Pastor Brad the day will come when he has this church and he pastors. I says, don't give up making money on the side. Now, you'll, you won't have preachers tell other Oh, you can't do that. That's sin. No, you've got to have a balance, but produce for the kingdom of God. Produce. Amen? Say, God is good. Now look at Ezekiel 34. I think it's after Lamentations. I think, yeah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel 34. I, w- I just want to build in you so there's, there's a confidence and a knowing of how good God is, how good your heavenly Father, Father is. We've all experienced tragedy. We've all had bad things happen. But through it all, God is still good. Just keep our eyes on him. Now, this is in reference to the nation of Israel, but it's also a double reference to the church. I like this in Ezekiel 34 and verse 11. Ezekiel 34, verse 11. It says, For thus says the Lord God, Indeed I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Now, yeah, this really sounds like the nation of Israel, doesn't it? It says, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. Boy, that's prophetic, isn't it? That happened. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and the valleys and in all the inhabited places of of the country. I will feed them in what kind of pasture? Good pasture. And their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. And there they shall lie down in a 
good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. And see, that's what in, in the Hebrew here and in, in my Bible, in the word wealth, it talks word wealth, it talks about this word for good. Whatever's right, pleasant or happy, the opposite of sorrow or evil. Say, my God is good. Amen. Well, we had years and years ago when I first, when I went to Bible school, and I don't know what Bible teacher said it, um, and it stuck with me. And it's a very simple, simple philosophy, and, and this is, you need to understand it. And he said, good God, bad devil. How simple can that be? Well, pastor, but you don't know what's going on in the world. Well, God isn't the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world. But most Christians do not realize that. So all the evil, bad things that happen in the world, they credit to God. It's sad. Amen? Amen? Now... Look at it, look at Exodus 34. I don't, we're not going to get through all this today, but that's all right. We'll just stop, and then we'll pick up next time. Exodus 34. <clears throat> Exodus 34. This coming week, you need to speak about his goodness. Decree and declare his goodness over your family, your finances. And what else? What was the third thing? Look for God's goodness. This is where Moses makes these new tablets because Moses had a temper tantrum, remember? Nobody here has ever had a temper tantrum. And in um, Exodus 34, verse 6, it says, And the Lord passed before him, or Moses, and proclaimed. Now, here we have eight characteristics of the nature of God. It says, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and what? Abundant or abounding in what? Goodness and truth. So the first description here of God's goodness, it's abounding. It's abundant. Look at Psalm 31. Psalm 31. We'll look at another one. We're describing his goodness. It's abounding. It's abundant. In Psalm 31 and verse 19, it states, David says, oh, how Great is your goodness. Psalm 31, 19. How what? Great is your goodness, which you've laid up. (laughs) God's laid up what? Great goodness for those who what? Now we're getting ahead because it's our spiritual responsibility to walk in fear of God. If you and I walk and we in reverential fear of God... God's laid up what for us? Great goodness, which you've prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of man. 
Look at Psalm 65. Psalm 65. Aren't you glad you're in church today and you're hearing about how good God is? Nebraska won last night. How good, yeah, all those frothing at the mouth people down in the stadium, Memorial Stadium, worked themselves up to a lather. Did you, Kenny? No. Worked themselves up to a lather because of football game. And they can show emotion and they, they, they show, they pan the whole audience there and all the students and they're all excited. And those same group of people walk into church. God is good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. That's the truth. What did I say? Psalm what? Look at verse 4. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be what? We shall be what? Satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. Satisfied. The Message Bible says, blessed are the chosen. Blessed the guest at home in your place. We expect our fill of good things in our, or in your house. We expect our feel of good things. Now, all I could think of was a golden corral. Jeff Foxworthy. Golden corral. Why? Why? Have you ever been to, you used to have a golden corral. There's nothing like it is today. They closed her down. But now they built themselves back up through promotion and supposedly an endless buffet. That's the words. I believe it's the exact word, endless buffet. So when you think of God's goodness, you should be satisfied because it's an endless buffet. When we were first married on our honeymoon, we went to Omaha, whoopee-doo-dah-day. But back then, we didn't have a whole lot. But we did go to a restaurant. Let's see how many of you remember this, you young people won't, because it's not there anymore, I don't think. It was called Boston Sea Party. You remember, Keelan? Ron, do you remember? And we went, and it was just an endless smorgasbord like Joe Dean's. It was unbelievable. I can remember back then I was skinny. Still am. I got a friend that's a little overweight, and he, he makes fun of me because I'm too skinny. Back then, I, I was skinnier than I am today, and I ate, and I ate, and we ate, and we ate. So you could hard, they just almost had to roll you out of the place. That's the way God wants us to be spiritually. He wants us to be satisfied. We should learn how to be content. Don't be greedy. Amen. But there's so many good things out there for us as believers to experience. Now look at Psalm 145. I'm almost done and then one hook here. 
Psalm 145. And if, if I don't get into the information on uh, common ground, then it's up to the leader to finish it. It's, it's easy, okay? You'll figure it out. Except Abe. Abe, you probably won't figure it out, but your wife will. We'll see if he listens to it. Probably not. Psalm 145. Look at this. this. Oh, this is so good. Because the goodness of God is universal. Say universal. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger. Oh, thank God for that. And great in mercy. See, what I would have liked to have done yesterday is taken that grill and upturned it. No, I wouldn't do that. But the love of God doesn't do that. Slow to anger and great in mercy. Now look at verse 9. The Lord is good to some people. No, the Lord is good to all. Say that. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All his works. Look at Psalm 33. I want you to start focusing this week on God's goodness, folks. Psalm 33. Verse 4 says, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. Verse 5 is Psalm 33. The earth is, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Full. God's goodness. This earth is full. Oh, you don't know what's going on in the world. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The earth is full of the goodness of God. Look at one more scripture, Luke chapter 2. Do you remember when Mary had the visitation from the angel. And Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Verse 10, And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you... I bring you good. See, the gospel is good news. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to some people. All people. Now look at verse 14. It talks about the angels, the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, good 
will toward man. Boy, I'll tell you what, I, I'm happy now. I was a little depressed before I came today, but I'm just, because my God's good. Yeah, we're all going to go, every, you know, we're all going to have days. We're going to have to remind ourselves of his goodness. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Remember, if you remember any story, I want you to remember the story I told you today about the little boy and the trophy. Just beaming. Walking away like, really? It's free? Yeah, it's free. Enjoy it. That's our God. Stand your feet today. Father, I thank you. In fact, everybody lift your hands today. Father, we thank you as a people. We praise you as a, as a body of, uh, at Harvest Church. We praise you. We thank you. We love you. And we so appreciate your goodness. We can praise you and thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. It's a free gift. We don't have to earn our right to become uh, a member of the body of Christ. It's a free gift. By grace, you're saved through faith, not of works. We're so thankful, Lord, that you're God that gives good gifts. And you gave us the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You're a God that gives good gifts in the fact that you heal your people. You're a good God because you provide for all of our need according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You're a good God because, Lord, you don't leave your people wondering and questioning what to do, but you give us the gift of wisdom and discernment. You give us, Lord God, favor that surrounds us as with the shield. You give us, Lord, good relationships. Father, you are such a good God. Say that. Father, you are such a good God. Say, thank you, Father, for your goodness, past, present, and future. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to decree it. And I'm going to look for it in Jesus' name. And then remember, people, if his goodness is in you, go about doing good. Amen.